Welcome into episode 28 of the Sources Say Podcast, your go-to Kentucky basketball and recruiting podcast on the growing KSR Podcast Network. I am your host, Jack Pilgrim of Kentucky Sports Radio, and today the gang is back together after several weeks of scheduling issues and uh, with with David's coaching schedule and and um, trying to trying to figure out plans around that. David Sisk of Cats Illustrated is back with us to talk hoops. David, man, long time no talk. How are you doing today? Man, I'm doing great, and I'm afraid the ratings are going to go down now that I'm back, but and I appreciate you guys uh, uh, putting me on your shoulders and uh, taking a risk. <laughs> well, I, I think the exact opposite. The listeners love them some David Sisk. He brings so much good insight with us, and we, we appreciate him every time he comes on i believe david you said high school season has come to a close or it's it's about to come to a close no it's there we've got a few more days left but uh things are going to work out well as far as you know we take this in the middle of the week so you know everything that we're doing is weekend for the rest of the way so uh things are going to work out well as far as being able to be on beautiful beautiful it's what i love to hear and uh, on the other side, we are also joined once again by my good buddy, Travis Graff of Cats Illustrated. Travis, how are you? Doing great. Now that David's back, the ratings are going to go all the way up, just like the average age of the roster of the Sources Say podcast. <laughs> we were a young team that was looking to rebuild. We were in the middle of a rebuild. And then we got this veteran presence back on the team to lead our locker room. We we needed we needed the locker room presence for uh, for chemistry issues and 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 uh, just overall overall leadership. We we appreciate his um, his addition once again. Um, and if you if you guys can hear my voice, I obviously do not sound the the best. I think I got hit by some nasty bug, so uh, that has been tough. So if I'm you know hacking and sneezing and and coughing bear with me um, i'm gonna try to get us through and and uh provide the best best overall podcast i can possibly possibly make happen um so the last several weeks with with david out and and trying to deal with schedules and i mean really just a slow recruiting scene as as a whole we really haven't done a Ba- Kentucky basketball recruiting, like 100% dedicated to the updated, you know, status of, of specific guys and all that. We've done some some specific guys, and, and like we had Sky Clark on last week, kind of talked about how much um, we like Kentucky's chances with him. Uh, we've talked we've talked about other guys when there have been specific updates, but really we haven't done a general overview podcast in a long time. And there's been so many moving moving pieces and moving parts that um, we think now is the perfect time with with the Kentucky basketball season coming to a close, high school basketball season coming to a close, and guys are slowly starting to. Uh, get closer to making a, a final decision. The, the guys that wanted to wait until the spring, they're gonna, they're finally getting close to a decision. So we thought it'd be awesome to kind of go through, uh, kind of one by one of of the top guys, what we think of Kentucky's chances with them, and um, and you know just kind of g- give you guys a, a good little solid refresher for um, anything you guys might have missed. So I wrote in a an insider notes post on KSR earlier this week where I kind of broke down uh, like seven or eight guys in particular. I think I talked about Greg Brown, Paolo Banchero, Jonathan Kaminga, Cliff Omarui, Jaden Hardy, Brandon Huntley-Hatfield, and Sky Clark. So I wanted to 
um, because my stuff is already out there, I wanted to give you two an opportunity to kind of talk about what you guys think about their each of their specific recruitments, and we can kind of have some back and forth dialogue about that. Uh, add any other potential guys that I might have missed that or that guys that you just want to talk about in particular. So. That's how we're going to run this this show. We um, asked for some questions on Twitter. We got a bunch of good ones. So we'll talk about the individual recruits to start the show. Then we'll answer some questions uh, kind of in the middle of the show. And then we'll end this by talking about just the home stretch of the Kentucky basketball season, what we think of Kentucky's chances going into postseason play. Do they have a chance to win it all? All of that good stuff. So let's jump right in. Uh, class of 2020, Travis, let's start with you. Greg Brown, top ten prospect, um, you know the last real five star big man in the class of twenty twenty that that Kentucky's really going after. What is the latest that you know of with with Greg Brown, and where do you think Kentucky fits in with all that? I think Kentucky's at the bottom of the top tier of schools. That I think a few things are going to have to fall their way at other schools for them to land his services. I would say right now that Memphis is probably the clubhouse leader, but a lot of people still think he ends up at Auburn. Uh, Texas has seemed to fade. You saw, hell, just like their home court, uh, their home game crowds are starting to fade. That last night was awful. And things like that. And uh, stuff behind the scenes that are going to lead to Shaka Smart probably not being there next season. I don't see them being a formidable suitor for him at this point. But I think that he's really intrigued with playing for Penny at Memphis. Uh, you got to remember, uh, Memphis doesn't have a single commitment right now in 2020, so he could really be the face of that class. They're really pushing for him, uh, Musa Sisse and Jalen Green down there. But I think it, as right now, I put like 30, uh, like a 30 30 split on. No, I'll, I'll go 40 40 split with. Um, Memphis and Auburn for right now with Kentucky being that last 20%. I was, I, you were struggling with that math there. I thought we were going to have to go through yeah. another no, that, no. a math lesson no, was, like we did a couple months Texas back. There, I was going to put Texas <laughs> to give them a little bit of some uh, credibility in his recruitment, but no, nah, I'm axing them out completely right now. <laughs> uh, David, do you, do you have any other insight on, on Greg Brown's recruitment that – that you think could, uh, you know, could lead lead to him at Kentucky, or if you just think he's going to end up elsewhere. Um, the Texas deal, uh, you know, he, he's he's totally on on that. Um, you know, that thing is just absolutely turned in. <clears throat> excuse me, turned into a, a just a, a dumpster fire. Um, if anybody saw on Twitter last night, four to five minutes before the game started, there wasn't a there wasn't a student in the student section and it looked like, you know, there wasn't enough people in, in, in that arena to disturb the peace. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's, it's really, you know, that program has really gone downhill. Uh, in fact, uh, in the rivals mailbag this week, it was either Corey Evans or Eric bossy, but they were asked about Texas getting, uh, uh, any, you know, commitments or any signees and, they're like, look, we, we just don't think Texas is going to get any. So I believe the, the, the writing's on the wall there that uh, Shaka Smart's going to be gone. Um, now, going to what we think Greg Brown will do, um, I, I know that Corey Evans, Eric Bossy, Dan McDonald, they have all gone with Memphis. And uh, they feel like, I'm talking to Eric and, and, uh, and um, Corey, 
they feel like Memphis, Memphis is the best shot there, obviously, but they feel like they've got a really good shot with Jalen Green and, uh, you know, you know, Musa Cisse could reclass up. So it, it looks like Penny's really trying to make a, a run of this with the late signees. Yeah, I think that's – there. one thing that I do think is benefiting Kentucky right now is that – a, I think they understand that they are not in the driver's seat. I think that they're they're pretty confident that they are kind of sitting in that, you know, like what we we talked about that third, fourth, fourth spot or so. And but they also know that there are so many moving parts in the the schools, you know, kind of listed above them. Specifically, Texas. I think we've said several times on the podcast if if Shaka Smart is not at Texas, Greg Brown will not be at Texas. That that relationship is way too strong. They've built way too many you know family ties. That now that it looks like the writing is on, is on the wall that he's going to be out after this season, or maybe even before the season ends, with how, how bad things are going. Um, that he, I mean, with without Shaka, I just do not envision a scenario where Greg Brown follows them. And and now that it's looking like that's the case that momentum is slipping. I mean, it's literally going hand-in-hand. As Texas season has gone downhill, so has has their momentum with, with Greg Brown. So, like like Travis, I, I don't know if I'm right there yet willing to say that they're completely out of it, but I, I, I really do, you know, I think the momentum is 100% there that he's going to land somewhere else. As far as the other schools, Auburn, that's the school to watch for me. I think that that Auburn is is a not the the heavy favorite for Jalen Green, but I think they've kind of solidified itself as as a pretty solid solid contender. That I mean, definitely a leader um, in in that recruitment. And and I I was told late this summer that Jalen Green is a guy that 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 Greg Brown would really want to play with. And that was that was um, around the same time that uh, Kentucky was still in it on 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 Jalen Green and everybody was talking about potentially Jalen Green being there with Josh Christopher and then Greg Brown uh, potentially joining them that was kind of around that same time frame so maybe you know it's obviously not going to be at Kentucky with Jalen Green but Auburn is a pretty you know with with Auburn picking up momentum you know the idea of playing with Sharif Cooper uh, and Jalen Green for for Greg Brown sounds like one one awesome just dynamic electric athletic type of offense that I mean I'd if I were in his shoes that'd be something that would that I it'd be tough for me to say no to something like that so that's something to keep in mind but if if Jalen Green heads elsewhere you know it, it that could also sway him differently if Memphis can I ask, can I ask a question here because <clears throat> I've thought about this as far as Kentucky fans go and, and let's say just the Kentucky program uh would you rather Jalen Green and Greg Brown go to Memphis or go to Auburn. Which one do you think is better for Kentucky? Because you know they're, they're recruiting crosshairs with both of them. Uh, so, and of course Auburn's in the, in the league. But what do you guys think for Kentucky? I think that, I mean, on the court wise, I think that you, if they went to Auburn, they would be a much dangerous duo on the court because I, I think that Pearl runs circles around Penny as a coach, but as future recruiters and looking like a cool school to future recruits, I think that Memphis is more than more likely going to pull big time recruits than Pearl. So I, mean, I can see the one, but I, I would be intrigued to see them at Auburn next year and that up and down offense. I think it would be, I would tune in every Auburn game and I think it'd be cool to have another guaranteed top 10 school in the SEC next year. 
Yeah, I, I, I'm in the exact same boat. I think Kentucky fans, um, you do not want to see – I think they want this honeymoon period with, with, with Penny Hardaway at Memphis to just end entirely. Um, I think Kentucky fans should be rooting for Mike Miller to go to, you know, potentially go to the NBA ranks or, or find a, a head coaching job. So, you know, there's, there have been rumblings about that since, since this summer in, in, you know, AAU periods. Um, you know, th- that's something that Kentucky fans should root for. They, they, we do not want Penny Hardaway in Memphis to kind of take over as the cool recruit. You know, the, they, it happened this once this last offseason. They obviously had some things work in their favor with local guys, such as, um, you know, James, ha- James Wiseman and, and, you know, uh, DJ Jeffries being, being his AAU kid. They, he had so many ties with this last class that, they got yeah. Precious also that nobody else wanted. Like none of the big dogs wanted outside of Kansas, of course, right. because he had so many red flags. Oh yeah, yeah. So so they kind of lucked into a lot of their their success this this last recruiting period. Now that they have you know really not all that much recruiting momentum, you want that to stay. You mean that would be you know I really don't think that that Memphis is. I was told at. at at the Hoopal Classic, that I think that Memphis has about a thirty percent chance uh, to to land. Maybe came over. It was I think it was twenty percent actually that it was a it was a twenty percent chance that Memphis was going to land him. So um, that's obviously not you know not good. I think I think it's going to either be Auburn um, or a you know kind of a, one of those random schools like an Oregon or a U, you know a UCLA or something like that or. Um, I think there's a dollar figure in mind for him, and I think that if they hit that dollar figure overseas, that they're that he's going to go overseas for one year. I think they know the value in in Jalen as a branding guy. You know, um, they saw the money that R.J. Hampton got, and 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 I think they they believe that Jalen Green has more marketability than than R.J. Hampton did, and and that in itself is going to create him a ton of money. So I would not be surprised at all if that if that was the you know the end goal. And from an entertainment purpose, you know, it it would suck to not have Jalen Green in college basketball next year. But for Kentucky, that would definitely be the most favorable option if he didn't go to either Memphis or Auburn because you know the Greg Brown situation. And, and all that I don't you know w- w- if Greg Brown is the only it's one thing to be the face of a recruiting class but to be the only guy in a recruiting class um, you know that's something that could also you know if they have a couple slight coaching you know if Mike Miller leaves or whatever the case is there there are so many things at the top of the uh, of, of his recruiting list that could change here in the next couple months that that's why Kentucky kind of doesn't they don't feel confident but they're like you know we're we're in a comfortable position where we know where we stand. We know that that he is very interested in us and that he could potentially land, you know land here. Um, and if things you know change at the top of his list, you know, they they're right there in that um, you know right there in that third spot probably where they can they can end up securing his commitment at the end of the day. So that's that's going to be definitely something to watch for. I don't think you know Kentucky's obviously not the leader right now. They're not even in you know in the top two. But I do think Kentucky likes likes where they're sitting um at least from a long long-term perspective um moving on paolo banchero is a guy that has been making a lot of headlines over the last 24 hours in particular with um a one you know one 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 of those anonymous fan accounts on twitter um you know saying that their sources were telling them that he was going to reclassify that it was a guarantee that he was going to reclassify to 2020 and that he was going to end up at, at Kentucky. And, you know, we kind of, you know, 
didn't you, you kind of laughed it off a little bit like okay you know is this dude with 400 400 followers going to be the one to break this news but um really not long after paolo was the one that went on twitter and said i thought i already answered these questions about about uh, reclassing to, to 2020 so he is very you know very much denying that he's going to make the the move at the end of the day but i want to ask both of you guys do you think that this is another um is this a Tyrese Maxey situation where he kept saying, eh, I, I, you know, I, I was thinking about reclassing, but I don't think I'm going to at the end of the day. I'm going to end up sticking around, and then he actually does stick around? Or do you think it's a Marvin Bagley situation where he keeps saying over and over again, I'm not reclassing, I'm not reclassing, and then at the, after Peach Jam, it's, ha-ha, just kidding, I'm making the jump. Uh, David, we'll start with you. Do, do you believe the, the rumors of um, – or do you believe his word that, that he's going to end up sticking around in, in 2021? Yes. Um, you know, I, I've talked to Corey Evans quite a bit on this. And Corey has – and I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, I, I'll take things and, and on questions that we have on these uh, uh, and, and certain recruits. And, you know, I'll lean on Corey and Eric some and, and because, you know, as national analysts uh, – they, they can get to the inside because they want to deal with those type of people, maybe more than beat writers. So uh, Corey, he's very guarded about what he says. So he's kind of said all along that he felt like it'd be 2020. And recently he doubled down on it and knowing Corey, he, he's really, like I said, he's cautious about saying things. He doesn't go on a limb. He, he doesn't make bold predictions. So, when he said that, it was good enough for me. And uh, I know he's been right about some other situations when he went against the flow. And I've heard some of the same things. And then, you know, when, when Benchero, like you say, when he goes on Twitter, that if I wasn't already convinced, you know, that, that kind of did it. So uh, it, it just sounds to me like he wants to do that. He wants to enjoy his high school experience, his senior year. You know, he, he, he stays close to home. He's not a guy that's went out and went all over the – the country and played and then moved on the other side and moved to Florida or somewhere and played in an academy. Uh, you know, he likes the high school experience. I think he wants to lie here. He wants to enjoy his senior year, do it the traditional way. And uh, I would be surprised if anything on that changed. Travis. I would say after talking to a couple of people, like, like you said, Corey and uh, Eric Bossy, Eric came on my cat scan podcast a couple weeks ago and said he's about done asking like he don't think he's gonna ask me more if he's gonna reclass because he's been that adamant and I'm to the point where I I'm just gonna take the kid at his word. I still leave there's always gonna be a sliver of opportunity that he reclasses, but I, I would put it now as like 80, 20, 90, 10 percent. Um yeah, yeah. split between staying and coming to college. I know UK would love for him to reclass, but UK is also they also know that they want to secure him whenever he comes out. And I think that UK is the favorite for him if he comes out this year or next year. Yeah. And that's, that's one thing to, to keep in mind. I wrote, I wrote in that insider notes post that, that Kentucky was still pushing for him to go to 2020. And, and people kind of took that as, Oh, is, is, you know, he, he obviously seems agitated that people keep asking him about it, asking him about making the jump. Is that going to kind of rub Powell the wrong way? And, and, uh, 
I, I didn't want to come off as oh, as they're you know trying to force the issue and say, man, we got to have you for twenty twenty. You you know we we need you to make the jump. They're just no. You, they just know how some dude like that that's just that good and there's not that many good players at the four or five spot out there that are left out there and that he would make next year's team one of Cal's probably top three best here, I would say. Yeah, I think I think their their whole thing is, dude, we know that you are the best big man in in, in the junior class right now. We know that you could be an instant impact. You will start from day one next year if you decide to, to make the jump. We want you whenever you want to come. We're not gonna like force the issue, make you uncomfortable about, uh, uh, you know, about this decision to where you know we you're turned off by the program at all. They just want them to know it could be today, it could be you know a month from now, it could be uh, two years from now. Whenever you want to get on campus, we would love to have you, dude. You know, the, Paolo is Kentucky's top priority in the class of 2021, you know, the top front court priority moving forward. So whenever they can they can get him on campus, they're going to make that happen. They have they have let him know that that you know they want him whenever whenever he's willing to come. I think Paolo has kind of voiced to them that he he prefers to stay in 2021. They and I think Kentucky respects that, but I think they wanted to let him know on the flip side, hey, if you ever change your mind, we have a we have a a, a roster spot open for you next year, just letting you know. If after Peach Jam, after um, you know he gets through some of his, the the end of his high school stuff, and and you know through the summer, and he kind of has this moment where he's like, "Man, you know, I'm only a couple a couple online classes away from from making the jump." Kind of like what Nafali Dante did, you know, he's just a couple classes away. Um, man, I, I'd love to I'd love to get on a college campus this fall. If if he kind of reaches that point and and has a as a has a change of mind, Kentucky just wants him to know that that option is available for him. That's kind of the my, my whole point in saying they are still pushing him to reclass. I still think if if I were putting money on it, I still one hundred percent think he ends up staying in the class of twenty twenty one. But I think they're just leaving leaving that opportunity open just in case he changes his mind later because he's a guy that you do leave you know you do leave a roster spot open for you know no matter when he decides to come. Um, but in term okay in terms of the school you know the schools on his list and, and Kentucky's chances at all, at, at it all um, we've said in the past that we feel pretty confident in, in Kentucky's chances as a whole. But has that changed for either of you guys? Do you still think Kentucky's a leader, or uh, do you still think it's too early in the process? Uh, Travis, we'll start with you with with that. I would give Kentucky probably fifty to sixty percent in this race, and then split the rest of that percentage between. Gonzaga, North Carolina, Duke, and Tennessee in any order. But I think Kentucky does have the leg up right now on the on the other uh, potential suitors. And I think that, like I said a minute ago, I think that that's for this class or next class. But this class, I think UK would lock them up. Next class would get a little shaky. But I still think UK would land them. Uh, David? Just to touch a second on, on what you just talked about, I think we've all got to remember that John Calipari's a really, really smart guy. And he is not going to cut off an old saying goes, cut off his nose, spite his face. I mean, if, if there's a chance that um, him pushing Banchero to 2020 would hurt his chances, he's not going to do it. But I can see him saying, uh, hey, look, we, we all know that, that they've got, they need post in 2020. We all know it, 
and I can see them saying, hey, we need you. Uh, you know, we're, we're really looking at the post. We would like you to be our first option. You know, to give him, like you say, to give him that option and to let him know he's wanted. But I, I can't see him just, just leaning on him so much that he, he gets uh, sick of him. You know, Calipari's not an amateur at this at all. As far as the schools go, um, it's a little too early to say for me, uh, you know, if he does stick with, with 21, uh, obviously Kentucky's in the lead pack and they've got as good a chance as anybody else. I wouldn't put him in second place. I guess the thing worries me a little bit is the whole Kennedy Chandler, uh, uh, Banchero relationship, you know, and, and there's been a lot of talk with Tennessee and, you know, living in Tennessee, obviously that's the last thing I want to see happen. And uh, I always get worried when I think Tennessee's going to get a player. So, uh, but, you know, I, th- that's one thing that's kind of, you know, I've kind of kept my own because you always, you know, hear a lot about that relationship. Now, one thing I, I want to touch on real quick, I talked to somebody in Kennedy Chandler's camp yesterday. And they talked about, I talked to another person in his camp, uh, it was like months and months ago. We, we talked about it on a, on a previous episode, whenever I said that UK, they said that there was really no shot because there's just too many other favorites. But I talked to somebody that's closer than them, but Kennedy, over a uh, couple of days ago, over the last couple of days, and they said that Kentucky's made up so much ground. They're right there in the thick of things with, um, I forget all the schools he named, Kentucky, Tennessee, um, North Carolina, Memphis, Duke, and I think there's one other, Florida State. And he said that all the all these schools that are offered, Kennedy, Kennedy have offered Paulo or vice versa, whoever gets one offer, the other one gets gets it within a few days. And he said that, they, that Kennedy has talked with Paulo strongly about playing together in college, and he's also talked with, Jaden Hardy to some extent about playing together in college. So, and Jaden Hardy is pretty much like everybody sees him as pretty much a Kentucky lock right now. So that can't be a bad thing for Kentucky's chances. But at the end of the day, how many of these package deals actually work out? Because over the summer we were talking about Jalen Green and Josh Christopher being a stone cold package deal. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 a good point. That that is a, a dynamic that that I think fans really need to to keep a close eye on as. As Kentucky's interest in in Kennedy Chandler, and I think what they I think they went went down to see him yesterday, um, yesterday or the day before. Um, it definitely seems like their their interest is is ramping up, and as their interest is ramping up, as Travis said, it, it seems like Kennedy's interest in Kentucky is ramping up. So that it, if if Paolo is one, it, you know, if they want to make sure that they get Paolo for next year. Getting getting Kennedy locked up would be would be the answer for them. You know they've I think even back when when Paolo came on this podcast, he said that that Kennedy was the guy that he wanted to play with in college. So it's really no surprise that Kentucky is really making making sure Kennedy knows know know that he's a priority and and that they desperately want him for for the class of twenty twenty one. So. Um, yeah, that's that's a really good point, and definitely something something to keep a close eye on. Um, we we don't need to go too much in detail with with this with this one, but with Jonathan Kaminga, because I, I really don't think there is a lot of information out there. But I just want to you know kind of update fans on what we do know. Um, Travis, we we kind of know about the whole. Duke was the leader for a long time. Then things started slipping for various reasons. You know, they 
they wanted to get a commitment from Jamin Brakefield and all that, and 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 they didn't know about a roster spot for 2020. And then it kind of seems like like interest has has picked back up in in the Blue Devils, but but really no school feels all that confident in Kaminga. Do you have any you know, real feel on this recruitment, or, or where do you think it's where you think it's leaning? I really don't have a clue with like one particular school, but like I said about Eric Bossy coming on my podcast the other day, he said that UK is in a sneakily really good spot for Kaminga. Uh, he didn't call him the leader any chance or anything like that, but he said that they do have a nice chance for him. He named Duke and uh, I, I want to say Auburn and LSU are up there as well with those two, and then Texas Tech as well. But I think Texas Tech is on the outside looking in. Um, I think it's I, right now. I still got future cast for Duke until I hear anything else. But we talked about it numerous times on here that camp does not leak much, and I feel like anything that anybody like wants to tweet out or say about that um, recruitment, you have to take with a grain of salt until you hear it from multiple angles. But I think the UK is will have a chance for him, but I do think it will end up being Duke. David, do you have any any feel on on this recruitment at all? No, and it's like um, it, it's like uh, he said. Um, you know, there's just not much that, that comes out of that camp. I mean, it's as tight lipped as it can be. <clears throat> Excuse me, and um, you know, you're, you're just better really in those type of situations, not to speculate, because I think we've seen some of those in 2020 when it's, it's just really a, a tight lip process and, and, and there are no leaks whatsoever. And uh, they know how to play it. And, you know, people start making speculations. They start making predictions simply for, if nothing else, for content's sake. And, and that's really something you can't fish back. So, uh, you know, I, 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 who knows? Um, and I'm going to tell you this, and I've said this before, the the kids out of New York City with the camps they have around them uh, and, and uh, just the people that have been through this before that they have in their posses, and I shouldn't call it a posse, just their camps, um, they, they have a lot of experienced people that have been through recruitments. They know how to do this. And I just remember just watching somebody like a Cole Anthony Man, you couldn't have got or I mean, he had more security around him than Trump. Yeah. And and uh you just couldn't get near him. And and uh, you know, it was almost impossible to get an interview and Kaminga's kinda like that and, and, and they know how to play this. So, you know, they're 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 not gonna give away much. Yeah, I think you know, we've talked to we had Annie Borman on the show just a um just a couple weeks back, who's his? It's Kaminga's AAU coach, and he kind of said something along those same lines, where he was like, you know, he's, um, you know, he's going to be patient with this process. He's, um, you know, he he's not going to rush to make make any type of decision. This is even if he does decide to reclass at the end of the day, it's going to come, you know, put, potentially as late as as after Peach Jam. It's going to be a, a, a long process. I mean, shoot, this is a guy that hasn't even taken an official visit yet. I don't I don't believe so. I mean, he. You know this this recruitment really hasn't even gotten started all that all, all that much honestly. I mean, there's some some slight leaders. He's named a top ten, I believe, but but there's really 
you know, he, he really hasn't gotten to, to go and get the, you know, the, the full, the full recruiting experience with official visits and, and where their, their schools are able to pay, um, you know, pay his way to get, get on campus and, and, you know, wine and dine him a little bit. They haven't, I mean, he hasn't done that with any of these schools yet. So I, I just think it's so early that, you know, things can, things will change so much when the official visit process starts. Um, it, it, this is just one, if, Kentucky is an option at the end of the day. It's going to be the last, the last piece that Kentucky adds. So that's that's just something that that we're going to have to be patient with and understand that. Um, you know, I, I don't think he's a guy that that can that Calipari should be relying on for this class. I think that would be one that the entire class is ready to go. We get a you know we get um, you know a grad transfer we get it you know however however Calipari decides to you know a Greg Brown or whatever however Calipari decides to to finish out this class that would be one that you get in the summer where it's like just an icing on the cake type deal not one where we go oh we got to get Kaminga to finish out this class so um yeah I, I think that this is just one that that people need to be be you know aware that there's not going to be a lot of information on. Don't trust just a you know random anonymous Twitter anonymous Twitter accounts. Just just kind of bear with the process on this one because it's it's going to go the long haul, I believe. Um, Cliff Omarui. This this is one that um, I think is a very very interesting one for Kentucky. Um, David, I want to get your thoughts first on 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 his recruitment and and kind of. Kind of the holding pattern that Kentucky is in, I guess you could say, with with knowing that they're not really that he's not necessarily their top priority. That they're kind of saving, you know. I, I want you to go into detail on what you think Kentucky's chances are, and and um, who do you think the the leaders are in his recruitment as a whole. I, uh, I you know, I've, I've I've thought in the past, you know, I think a lot of us have that Kentucky really wanted him and made that push that uh, they would have him, and I don't know right now, and I'm beginning to wonder maybe if that's turned him off any at all, um, and, and not to say that Kentucky's damaged themselves, but maybe it's helped some other programs. Um, the buzz right now is Arizona State, and Arizona State's always had that buzz. Bobby Hurley's from New Jersey, um, but Rutgers, the New Jersey school, they were the first program to really show interest, to really get in on him. They've had a good year. Uh, now they're starting to fade here late, and I don't know how much that would hurt by, by how great they are this year, but they're going to be an NCAA tournament team. Uh, so, you know, Arizona State um, – you know, he, he made that visit this week, and then uh, I've heard that he's also could be considering a second visit back to Auburn. So, you know, they're one you can't sleep on. But consider right now that Kentucky, Arizona State, and Rutgers are, are really in a, a fierce battle for him. Uh, Travis, what do you what do you think about the Omarui recruitment? I certainly wouldn't predict him to Kentucky right now. Right now, um, like David just said, I would be leaning Arizona State probably. I really like Rutgers' position in this too. I think they're a dark horse for his services. But I think that if Kentucky and, say, Auburn miss out on guys like Paulo reclassifying, Jonathan Kaminga for both of those schools, 
welcoming for both of those schools and let's say Auburn misses out on Craig Brown, then I think they're going to push up, turn up the heat again for Cliff, who they've kind of, who they may have been putting on the back burner for the last few months, but who knows how he'll, how receptive he'll be to that. I, as of right now, I'd put, I don't know, maybe 25% chance of him ending up at Kentucky. Yeah, I think I think it's a tough situation for for Cliff, honestly, because I think he, if like if, like you guys said, he, if UK really wanted him, I think he would already have been signed, still, and uh, committed to Kentucky. Well, I tell you something though, that's the hardest thing for me to explain. If if you would say, okay, name something in recruiting that you're absolutely baffled by, is the whiffs that the coaching staff has had on post players. The last yeah. post player that they've really signed is E.J. Montgomery. And you look at the guys from, from Isaiah Stewart to Wiseman, and we know Wiseman's situation, Vernon Carey, uh, uh, Oscar at West Virginia. And, you know, they just have, they've had a hard time getting post players for what, and, and they get the ball inside. It's not like they're a five-out team that never shoots it. I mean, the first team in the country that pumps it in, it's it's Kentucky. So that that whole thing's just – I don't know. It's just baffling to me. Well, that – I think that's in part due to the new era of big men coming out of high school want to play like guards. Every five-man thinks that they're a three, which I get to, with the uh, new era of how NBA basketball is being played where every big is a stretch big for the most part, unless you're like a Robin Lopez. But um, – yeah, I think that bigs want to operate in space and that they feel tied down whenever UK runs that two big horn set a lot of the times. But I'll tell you what, that, that five out, that four out that UK ran against LSU with oh, yeah. the four guard or um, it was the three guards, a wing, and or a big in the corner, and then Nick in the short corner on the opposite side. And I, dude, that, that was nice to watch in that second half. I think but, that would be really appealing to me. If you heard John Calipari after the LSU game, he said in a press conference post-game, um, he said a team that doesn't have an inside game is an imposter. And that was word for word basically what he said. So, you know, he's he he's still going to be looking for guys to put their back to the bucket and score down in there. Yeah, that's that that's what's going to – you know, why why this Cliff recruitment is so interesting. And, and I mean, it, it – it is tough because I I do genuinely believe that if it were up to him, you know, I, I think last summer he said something along the lines of um, that he wanted to make a decision in September on his birthday or Oct- September, October on his birthday. And at that time, that was when Kentucky's momentum started picking up and it, and it made sense. It was like, okay, he had just – uh, not just received an offer, but that was kind of one of the new, you know, fresh schools on his list that, that was starting to come on him, you know, that, that started to pick up interest. And it kind of seemed like like we were heading toward a, an early signing period addition from, from Cliff. And, it you know, it definitely seems like the interest died down a little bit because Cal Perry started favoring other guys. And, and uh, it, it just kind of seems like he, as much as he wants to end up at Kentucky, I just don't know if if Kentucky desperately wants him wants him there, and they kind of see him as a as a backup option. I you know it kind of sucks to, to say it, but I, I do think that's that is what he is at this point. Um, 
you know, I, I don't think it's out of the realm that that he doesn't end up at Kentucky if they if Paolo doesn't reclass if Greg Brown heads to Memphis or Auburn or um, you know you know the grad transfer market isn't looking all that great. I do think that Cliff then becomes a major priority and then you do get him. But as of right now, it just doesn't seem like that's the case. And and it, it's tough. It's tough to see because I I would have really liked him at Kentucky. I think he would have been an awesome player to develop over over you know two three years because he is raw right now but he does have a lot of those those physical tools that you like you know the pure natural um you know gifted you know he's a gifted rebounder just you know big nba body as it is right now and you just kind of like nick richards you just kind of kind of mold him into into one of those you know big you know two-way players that that he has become um it, it's just tough cuz it's it's kind of looking like like they're looking toward you know Cliff's looking to, more toward schools like Arizona State and, and, and guys like that instead of instead of the, the big school on his list, which is Kentucky. Um, we'll close out the class of 2020 with Musa Cisse. Now, Travis, I know we talked um, on the phone either yesterday or the day before, and uh, you you kind of had a, a little bit of scoop on Musa Cisse and what you and kind of his future plans. Who might be you know the favorites in his recruitment? What do, what do, what do you know about Musa and and Kentucky? Kentucky's chances to land him. I know that UK right now is probably sitting uh, third for him. I would say. I heard that Memphis is probably the leader for him. Florida State sitting right there, and LSU, and then Kentucky is also right there as well. But you got to remember, this kid is still pulling up his thing right now. He's still 16 years old until. Uh, until September. He was born in, in September of 2003, so he'll be 17 up until – or he'll be 16 up until this December. When, and uh, So he's going to be a young freshman if he decides to reclass. But I think that as of right now, Memphis is going hard after him. Uh, so are other schools. I just don't think he ends up at Kentucky. Yeah, but I, I – in terms of if Kentucky, if Calipari gets desperate, uh, the latest rumblings are that a reclass is definitely on the table for him. Even if you know, even with his age, age restrictions and all that, that he is he is strongly considering that. Um, so you know, David is is that something that Kentucky fans should be monitoring at least that that that's at least even you know say they strike out on Greg Brown. Um, you know, do you think that Musa is a guy that Calipari could potentially, you know, ramp up the interest if if he does reclass and say we need, you know, we're we're running out of options, we need somebody in the front court for the, for this season, Musa, you're our guy, and that'd be something he'd be receptive of. Yeah, absolutely, and and as things start to turn to, you know, maybe to to twenty twenty one guys moving up, um, you know, Eric uh, had a story this week. And uh, he mentioned Brown, Omarui, you know, on again, off again, JT Thor. It looks like he's going, he'll probably go professional. And his quote here, at some point, uh, players from 2021 are going to start moving into 2020. And John Calipari and his staff are already mentioned. Well, many of them, including number one, John Kaminga and Musa Cisse, among others. So Musa is the one that he named. Um, you know, when, when I talk to – when he got the, 
I'm not sure if it's when he got to offer or the first time Kentucky went down to visit. But I talked to his high school coach, and we did a story. That's been back in the fall, uh, early fall. And at that time, you know, his high school coach was adamant at, at Lausanne in collegiate Memphis. He was adamant that uh, he was not going to go early. His words to me was, hey, he's only 16. You know, he said he's even young for his class right now, let alone to move up. Yeah. And that sounds like a really good reason to me. So I was I was still caught off guard a little bit when he moved up or the talks started with him moving up. If he does, you know, I, I really – Kentucky's going to be the situation, hey, they're going to have to get some big somewhere. Yeah. And, and I mean, you know, you just can't – I'll be honest with you, they know more than I do, but I, where they're at, I don't know why they would get – you know, they would play the waiting game with Bomberui, to tell you the truth. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, somewhere along the line, you know, they, they have really got to get in hard on these guys. So, you know, what he's going to do 2021, I don't know. I don't know that that's the best move for him to move up if he does it because of his age. You know, he's – especially the post. I think you can do get away with it, a guard. But, man, but I, I think you step into college, you know, and you decide that's what you want to do and you're 17 years old and you're in there banging against men and you're down on the block, man, and you, you're 195 pounds. You know, that's tough. And, Worst case scenario is he's going to be a top flight rim protector and grab eight to ten rebounds a game and give you nothing else, which I think would be fine with, with what Kentucky has coming in next year. I think the U.K. wants a rim running, rim protector – of course, Paulo wouldn't fit that mold. Uh, Kaminga wouldn't fit that mold. But I think that if you're looking at best fit needed to finish this team out, I think you need an elite rim protector. Could he grab eight to ten rebounds a game? Oh, yeah, I definitely feel like he's just too much of an elite athlete not to. He's probably one of the most athletic bigs in all of high school basketball. But like you said, he is 16, and SEC has a lot of tough big men. They don't have the most skilled big men, but they've got a lot of tough athletic big men. I, I just think tough – I, I just don't think it's a slam dunk that a guy can come in that young uh, in college basketball and, and and step right in and be able to do that. I mean, I'm not arguing with you at all on that. I understand where you're coming from, and he is. His numbers here, he's putting up in high school in Memphis with block shots and rebounds are just astronomical. But, man, it, it's still – I just don't know that it's a slam dunk that if you bring in a post, that you're going to bring in a, a, a true 17-year-old, and that's what you're going to hang your hat on. Uh, it's it's a to me, it's a big gamble. Yeah, very very much so. Um, all right, let's move on to the class of 2021 slash 2022 with you know with potential reclass options. I, I guess you could say potential options for 2021. I guess is is what we're going to title this little segment. Um, we got to start with the big one, the the guy that uh, pretty much everybody and their mothers predict, is predicting to Kentucky at this point, Jaden Hardy. Um, so I believe this week in particular, he's picked up what three crystal ball picks and another three three future casts or something something crazy like that. Where he, I mean, Kentucky is has become the overwhelming favorite to land Jaden Hardy. Um, Travis, what what are you hearing about him, and and why why is Kentucky kind of you know become the the you know the odds end favorite so early in the game? I guess you could say. 
Hey, I'm going to tell you right off the bat why everybody's jumping on the bandwagon because on December the 17th, Travis Graff gave a future cast for him going to Kentucky, and that just sealed the deal, man. And and everybody everybody jumped on after that. It's like gospel. It's like, I mean, they heard it here on Sources Safe first. They came here looking for their latest and greatest recruiting news. And they put these on Travis Graff did it on December 17th. And then Cordell <laughs> McDonald did it on February 17th. So, I mean, you, you um, we see who the expert here is. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, we'll, we'll talk about that whenever I get paid like one. But, <laughs> the, uh, but, yeah, I think that everything – I think it's all the things we've talked about here before. I just think that it's starting to – we all talk about here on Kentucky stuff because that's what we're focused on. Not everybody on Rivals 24-7 just focused on Kentucky recruits. But that's our job. Here in uh, Cats Illustrated and at uh, KSR to just talk about UK targets and for the most part, and I think that it's pretty much just all the information we have, possibly making its rounds to other people. And to me, it just seems like he's a slam dunk runaway favorite to UK. And I think it would take something astronomical, like hiring a family family member, uh, some someplace else, which I mean isn't out of the question. For, uh, but I think it would take something way out left field for him not end up at Kentucky at this point. Now, David, do you think that Jaden Hardy becomes Kentucky's first first commitment for the for the class of twenty twenty one? I don't know if he'll be the first one or not. But I think he'll be. Uh, I think he'll be a Kentucky Wildcat. Um, Mount, you have a future cast in, huh? I'm cautious, man. <laughs> Remember, I'm old. I'm I'm I'm, I'm cautious. I'm not like you, young bucks. I'm cautious. But oh, you, uh, you've had to talk me down uh, off the edge a couple times on putting in different <laughs> picks for a different play. I'm kind of slow at I, I, I am I'm, I'm kind of slow at doing that. I want to make sure that I have no doubt whatsoever, and uh, I, I do. I, I and I'll be honest with you, it probably that doesn't cross my mind to make future cast on underclassmen. And I, I'll be honest with you. I, I think seniors, 2020 guys, but I don't have any future tests for 2021s going anywhere. So I, I think that's one thing. But honestly, I, I probably need to, to do it. But um, I, I think he'll uh, I think he'll be a Kentucky Wildcat. It's interesting here. As we, as we talk, I'm, oh, I'm going through the computer. On the 247 side, uh, Chris Fisher – uh, Dylan Prescott, Andrew Slater, and Jerry Meyer. And those are some pretty big hitters over there. Uh, they all future casted him to Kentucky between January 21st and January 27th. And then this week, Dan McDonald and Corey have done it. Let's see, today's, they would have done it uh, Monday. Um, so, uh, you know, both sides are, have been hearing things, and and it's got to be very positive for Kentucky. And I know, like when when Corey first talked to him, he was as as aggressive as saying, "Hey, this kid looks like uh, you know he could be a he's going to be a Kentucky Wildcat." And he hardly ever says that kind of stuff right off the bat. So I'll be honest with you, I've not ever heard anything about him going anywhere else. So yeah, yeah that. I, I, I would almost be shocked if he didn't end up Kentucky. I remember I when I saw him at um, out in Vegas when I when when Kentucky practiced at Coronado his high school and I talked to Jaden I talked to his dad and I talked to his head coach 
and I remember the first person I called after I left after I left there, I called Travis and I said, "Dude, there's no way that he goes anywhere else other than Kentucky. There's there's just no way. Like there's, I mean, the way he glowed about, you know, watch. I mean, he was sitting there watching Kentucky practice." Like he was, you know, like he, I mean, he was just so mesmerized. Like it was, like it was his dream was unfolding right in front of him almost. Like, I mean, it, you know, I don't want to be, you know, too, too optimistic about it, but like I, you know, that one, that one day that I was with him and I saw him and I talked, talked to his, you know, the people, the people closest to him and him in particular, like I, I remember leaving, I was like, there, there's just simply no way that this kid lands anywhere else other than Kentucky. He's just too, too positive about it. Wait, you know, I think, and, and you know, coach Kaufman, his, his head coach brought me in to you know, talk to, talk to him one-on-one and just kind of get to know him a little bit. And, and, uh, I kind of said something along the lines of, um, man, you know, there's, uh, there's a lot of rumblings right now that, that Kentucky's, that, that Kentucky's in that number one spot that, that you're going to end up at, at Kentucky it's like, man, you 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 might want to do something about about that if you know if you want to you know throw the scent off a little bit, and he didn't. He was like, hey, yep, I know. Like he didn't even den- he didn't even de- deny it. About, do you hear anything about him in any other school? None. Yeah, zero. That's that's uh, usually pretty rare for a top five ten kid. Yeah, I mean. It, for him to for me to say, hey, you do realize that like everybody thinks that you're going to Kentucky right now, and you're really not doing much to, you know, to deny it, and for him to go like, yeah, I know, it's just kind of like, oh, all right, <laughs> I, I I appreciate the appreciate the brutal honesty. I mean, I I, I really don't think it's any secret. I, I think he would be the first person to tell you. If if you know he was doing a national interview or a, you know a public interview that Kentucky is is his is his favorite and and I don't know about a commitment you know a timetable or anything like that but I have heard that he is interested in being an early you know m- you know making an early pledge whether that's this summer whether that's you know this you know this fall I, I don't know this the specific timetable. But I do know that that he is interested in, in being an early signee. So, man, for if, if Kentucky could potentially lock up a top ten kid, kind of the way, the same way BJ Boston was, kind of the anchor of the of the class for him to kind of com, you know commit early and just kind of be the recruiting you know a guy recruiting all, you know all the other top talent um, to have that you know signed up early would be just so massive for the program and and I do think that's kind of where we're where we're headed right now. I think. Um, I think he needs to get on campus. I think Calipari is going to push for an, uh, an official visit this summer or, or whenever whenever Hardy's schedule allows for it. And and when that happens, man, I would not be surprised at all if 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 a commitment comes not long after. I think I think it's just the two parties were meant to you know they they he was meant to play for Calipari and Calipari was meant to coach a, a dynamic scorer like that. I, I think they're just too too good of a match to to not you know, to not come to fruition at the end of the day. Um, let's look ahead to two guys that uh, have been pretty outspoken about. They're technically in the class of 2022, but they've both been outspoken about the possibility of reclassifying to the class of 2021. So we can kind of um, flirt with the idea of them being a, a 2021 kid. Um, the first one is Brandon Huntley Hatfield. 
Now, this is a kid that has always kind of been seen as a Kentucky lean, you know, because of his family ties to Alex Poitras and, and you know, just how, how he said that Kentucky's been his dream school. He's just been, been pretty, you know, rather glowing of, of the Kentucky program for, for a really long time. But I talked to somebody very, very close to him this past week, and I left that conversation thinking, like Jaden Hardy, this is a kid that's going to be at Kentucky, whether – you know, it, it, I don't know when it's going to happen. Uh, I, I and I do think it'll end up being a, as a reclassification to 2021. But I I have come away very very optimistic about Kentucky's chances to land Brandon Huntley Hatfield, who is a top ten. I mean, technically he's a top five, I believe, prospect in the number class six. Of, uh, yeah, yeah, in the class of 2022. Number six. Really, you know, just a, a a super super you know athlete, you know, just prospect. Physically, I mean, he's just so gifted right now for for being a a sophomore. Man, he is he's just he. I mean, he is he is a college ready body right now. So I mean, that, that's a guy that that Kentucky would love, love, love to have. And by the looks of things, it definitely seems like like Kentucky's the the uh, overwhelming favorite early in the game. Uh, David, what do you think of Kentucky's chances to land him? Have you heard anything being down in 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 that area or close to it uh, about Kentucky's chances? No, I agree with you. I have went on Cats Illustrated and talked about future classes and said I think that Brandon Huntley Hatfield will reclassify. Uh, you know, he's already moved back. He was 2021, and then he moved back to 2022, and the thought was all along that he would move back up. Um, and that uh, this 2021 class would start out with Brandon Huntley Hatfield and Jaden Hardy, uh, two five-star players and two of the best players in the country would be in that class. So, um, you know, I have no uh, – I, I really uh, I think that they're going to be in Kentucky. I was actually looking as, as we did this. I said, you know, I'm going to go ahead and do this while we're on the air, and I'm going to make my future cast for Jay Nardi to Kentucky. But the future cast uh, icon is not on his um, profile right now. So – and sometimes it does that. So I, I, you guys have talked me into it. And as soon as Jaden Hardy's, it comes back up where I can do it. I'm going to make a future cast for Jaden Hardy in Kentucky. And I probably wouldn't be too far behind with, with Hatfield. And I know that Travis has already done it. There you go. That That's what I like to hear. You, you, uh, I'm glad, I'm glad we talked you into it because I, th- I think it's a smart, I definitely think it's a smart bet at this point. It worries me. I'm, I'm buckling the peer pressure from young guys. I mean, you've got, you, you, you all will have me hanging out in bars and, and vaping and everything else. <laughs> and, vaping. Holy cow. And vaping. <laughs> I like how those two go hand in hand with each other. Yeah. Going to uh, bars yeah. and vaping. <laughs> well, side note, if anybody needs any help with nicotine addiction, just look, just hit me up because I posted my stats earlier from where I quit dipping back in May. I've saved $1,003 as of today from quitting dipping. So, yeah, there's right. a little personal What'd you spend it on? I know you haven't saved it. What'd you spend it on? Uh, probably beer. I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> no, I, I don't know. I, I spent it on my wife, David. That's what I did. With there it. you go. What a what a giver. <laughs> hey, we need to start keeping a tally. What is? All right, I think Devin Askew is the first one that we've all three been since the show's come to uh, fruition. That we've all three been on the same side of a commitment. Uh, I think we were kind of torn up to the last minute by Isaiah Jackson. Uh, we were torn. David said Oklahoma State, and then Jack and I uh, t- um, infamously, 
dang, I can't talk. Infamously picked Kentucky for Cade Cunningham. And I got so much hate mail for that. But I want to keep a running tally of how good we are when we all three pick a school for one particular player, either UK or somebody else. I think that'd be pretty cool. But anyways, I'm, I'm on a little rant, rant there. But um, in terms of Brandon Holly Hatfield, I think that he could be absolutely dominant right now at the high school level. He, I really commend him for trying to uh, expand his game because that's what he's doing. But right now he's floating too much out to the perimeter, which he would not do at Kentucky. He'd still be a stretch big. But I think he's – I mean, he's built like Alex Porter's his cousin. He's yeah. strong, got, got a strong base, strong upper body too. But I think that in terms of recruiting, I think he'll be at Kentucky, and I don't think he tries to hide it very well. Very well, either. I, think <laughs> I, I mean, have you looked? Ha, have you looked but at his him, Twitter profile, like or his Instagram? I don't think he runs it? that Twitter. I won't say he doesn't run that Twitter, but he does run his Instagram. And I and I tweeted something, or I tagged him in something the other day. Uh, Elm edits, who is awesome. She does a fantastic job. Did an edit with him in a Kentucky jersey swap, and uh, had John Calperi and Rupperine and all that. It looked really cool. Looked awesome. And uh, I said, oh, by the way. I had a uh, future cast in for Brandon Huntley Hatfield to Kentucky with like the shh emoji. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he uh, shared that on his Instagram as well. So, but yeah. yeah, I think his, his mom is outspoken on Instagram. She's been a big advocate advocate for UK. I forget her at, but she, uh, it's like basketball mom. Something. Yeah. Something like that. One, two, three numbers, I think. Yeah. But, um, she's, She's been on there saying whoever runs his Twitter page, which I, like I said, I don't think it's him. It could be. I don't think it's him. Uh, everything is like liking and retweeting pro UK stuff and Instagram is constantly sharing stuff. It's all schools, but a lot of UK stuff as well. Yeah. that That's one that I'm feeling pretty, pretty darn, pretty darn good about if, if I must say so. Um, another guy I'm feeling pretty darn confident about is the one we had on our show last week, Sky Clark. Um, Sky is a top 20-ish type player uh, in the class of 2022, um, five-star guard, you know, dynamic score, and we, you know, A, he couldn't rave about about the Kentucky program enough. Basically, said that's been a dream school of mine since I was a kid. That's a school that he said that was, that has been one of his top choices ever since he ever you know picked up a basketball. Um, and then he you know B he brought up the idea of uh, that he that he was fairly open to the idea of reclassifying. He said he said that's something that that I'm going to sit down with my family and talk about and and uh we're we're seriously considering it. Um and he did mention mention the fact that he was not a hold back. He did, he's not a, a guy that kind of like Brandon Huntley Hatfield where he jumped back to um you know the he started in 2021, jumped back to 2022 and is looking to you know the, he's not one of those kids. He's a true sophomore right now. So he said that might play a part, you know, a part in it. He he's big on development, talking about how much you know he he thinks that extra year of high school could could help his long term his long term development. He kind of you know talked about how some players don't work out as as reclassify uh, when they when they reclassify up a year. Um, so he you know he kind of he kind of brought up some 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 pros and cons to it. Like this is something that he's you know he's strongly weighing and, and trying to make the best decision for himself. Um, so. Dan David, I want to ask you first. What's your gut on him potentially reclassifying, and and what do you what uh, what do you like about Kentucky's chances if 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 you do? 
Um, I like Kentucky's chances more than I like a reclassification right now. Um, I, I know that skill development. I, I've talked to Sky before uh, when uh, back in the fall I talked to, to him, and he he, you know, he, he really um, talked a lot about the Kentucky program and, and was really complimentary of it and you could tell I, I think I told both you guys sometimes you get the feeling when first time you talk to a guy and you hang up the phone and you're like man they've got a great shot at this guy and you know you guys have been through that before and that's the way I felt uh honestly the same way I felt about Clifford Omarui first time I talked to him and uh but since then I know Sky talks to his dad a lot and uh uh got me in touch with him and I talked to him recently. Uh, so, uh, you know, there's obviously that Kentucky love, um, and, and they're really in right now into, uh, player development, you know, even outside of the high school, you know, they're, they're getting hooked up with some, some big time trainers who have got guys playing uh, in, in the NBA. So they're really into that. Um, and, and who knows, there could be some things, uh, come up here in the near, very near future. Uh, I'm not going to say anything right now. Uh, and uh, I, I know Travis knows it as well. Um, but but there could be some things happening here uh, in, in the very near future that where, where the Kentucky talk could even amp up a little bit more uh, with Scott Clark. Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, Travis, give me give me your take on uh, on Kentucky's chances with Scott Clark. I think that David hit it all in the head. I think that he ends up at Kentucky, but I think he straight stays in 2022. I think that part of the appeal of UK recruiting him as their guy is that 2022, as seen by a lot of people, you know, I don't think it will be. I think it'll end up being the 23 class, maybe, where they could go straight to the NBA. Mm-hmm. And Sky's not going to be one of those guys. He's just too, he's too small of stature to be that guy. Um, just straight out of high school and. I think that he is right on the cusp. If that's the class that everybody is able to go to UK, I think he's right on the outside of people that are going to make the jump. And his dad told me at Cass Illustrated, like, hey, we're going to go to college. So I was like, I was like, yeah, I, now I see why Kentucky is so hot and heavy on this dude. Because there's some other top 10 uh, or, uh, point guards that UK hasn't really sniffed around too much with. And I think that they're anticipating them possibly just making the jump. And I think. Hell, you, you could have uh, Devin Askew be a two-year guy. If you land Kennedy Chandler, he could be a one- or two-year guy. And then you get Sky, that's a one- or two-year guy as well. But, yeah, like David also said, that I think there's going to be some stuff coming up. I've hinted, it on, uh, hinted to it on here and on uh, House of Blue on Cats Illustrated before about um, some situations coming up that will probably help Kentucky in the long run. And uh, – Everybody will know about that soon enough, but I think bottom line, I think he ends up in Kentucky, stays in twenty the class of twenty twenty two because he's a true sophomore right now, and he with his body type, I think he needs that last year of development to for uh, strength gains, if nothing else, before stepping onto a college campus. And yeah, I, I really like you guys' chances here. Hey, I'll throw one more thing in. He's got a little brother named ZZ that's going to. It's two thousand twenty four. He's about six one one eighty right now. And Vanderbilt offered – he took an unofficial to Vanderbilt, uh, both Sky did, and uh, 
and uh, ZZ came along. They offered ZZ while he was there, and evidently he's he's cut out of the same cloth. He's just an elite talent. So that'll be another name to watch out for. Definitely. Um, well, with that, let's jump into some of these these recruiting questions that we got on Twitter, um, and and some of it ties into some of the other guys we might want to talk about, or, or um, it, it it'll kind of work work its way out. So, uh, first question from Adam Hun with a bunch of numbers behind it: What does the roster look like next year? People staying and people coming in. I know that's kind of a very vague, you know, big, you know, weighted question. Um, but let's kind of just turn that into uh, who who leads for the draft question. Um, and it, are we going to do like what we think they'll do, or what they should do? What we think, what we think will happen. Um, and I'll I'll kind of run through, and if you guys disagree with me, you know, jump in. If yeah, not, go, go position by position. That'd be cool. Uh, like say point guard, two thanks to be on the team. Then we can agree, disagree, and then move on to each one. Okay. Um, Point at the guard position, Kentucky Lee, Kentucky loses loses all three guards in Tyrese Maxey, Emmanuel Quickly, and Ashton Hagens. They keep their wings in Keon Brooks, Johnny Juzang, and then they lose all three bigs in Emmanuel in EJ Montgomery, Nick Richards, and Nate Testina. Do you guys agree? I think that there's only two 50-50s in that situation, um, Manuel Quickly and EJ Montgomery. I think that UK gets one of those back, surprisingly. I don't know which one. But I, I would say that UK is going to really push home what they did for Nick Richards with his junior season. And I think that they'll get one of those guys to return. And uh, Dante Allen will be back as well. I know that none of us really think about him when naming like players that are going to return. Yeah. He hasn't played this year, but that's going to be another wing player on the roster next year. Uh, David, it's really, it's really interesting that that was the first question because I was going to ask you guys this about a specific player. It's really, and the more and more I think about it, I started kind of saying it last year that I thought EJ Montgomery and Nick Richards would be back, and I was saying that early. So I'm going to say this year, um, I agree. All the guards are gone. Uh, obviously, Keon Brooks will be back. Um, and then Dante Allen will be back. Uh, John Zang will be back. And I'm going to throw one out there. I'm going to go ahead and say it. I think EJ Montgomery will be back. Hold on real quick. Can I mention something recruiting-wise real quick? Go for uh, it. Go ahead. Same, that same uh, account yesterday that said that their sources were saying that Paulo Van Carroll was going to be classified. They tweeted again, and Paulo responded to it. I'll read their tweet first. He said – they say, keep in mind, uh, something to keep in mind, Paulo Bencaro wants to play in Peach Jam and will be ineligible for it if he announces a reclassification. This could be a num- the reason that he's denying the reclass rumors. Everyone just uh, be patient and watch this thing unfold. And then he just quoted it and said, y'all won't give up, huh, with a laughing face. So <laughs> I'm changing my 90-10 split to like 95-5. <laughs> yeah, I, I think literally – as of right now, he is 100% staying in, in the class of 2021. I think The only reason I have any percent on him possibly reclassifying is because everybody got burnt with the Marvin Bagley situation. Um, there's a few people who knew behind the scenes, but for the most part, um, I'm, I know this is going to be a to- totally different thing, and real ones know what I'm talking about, but 
uh, this is going to be a totally different recruitment than the Marvin Bagley one, but because there's no bags involved. One, yeah, uh, it's implied <laughs> in the name. Um, there's, I'm going to leave a little bit of a of a window there for if you were if he was, but I think we're all in unison saying he'll stay. Yeah, yeah, I uh, I, I think so too. Um, okay, let's go to. Our next question. Um, well, this Nick Frank is Powell keeping it real or saving eligibility for Peach Jam? Uh, let's... Oh no! Uh, here, here, Nick, tag him in something and ask him and see what he says. <laughs> yeah i I think uh, I think we all need to kind of assume at this point that he's going to stay in twenty twenty one. Though, I mean, literally, the only reason why I'm even leaving the door cracked open slightly is because he's a 17 year old kid that could change his mind uh you know at the end of the day he could go you know what you you know like the the way high schoolers minds work he could literally struggle through finals or something and go you know what i'm done with high school or you know something it could be something as small as as that that could that could you know, change the whole landscape of his decision. That I mean, that's that's just how high schoolers' brains work. So, the only reason why I'm even leaving the door open is because he's a 17 year old kid, and his priorities could change this weekend, let alone in several you know several months from now. If you know he wakes up after Peach Jam and goes, you know what, I'm close enough to to graduating. I could do a couple online classes. I think I'm ready to go to college. I think I'm ready for whatever. Then he could you know, change his mind at the drop of a hat. Like it, I mean, things could just change very quickly. That's the only reason why I'm even leaving the, leaving the door open even slightly that. So, so let's just assume, assume the worst. I mean, it's not the worst to keep him in 2021, but for, you know, for the saying, assume the worst and, and hope for the best. If, if he w- one day wakes up and realizes that he, or hopes that that he wants to go to 2020. I think that's the, that's the, well, uh, in the, uh, in the wise words of Rivals football analyst Dave Lackford, recruits only tweet lies and ask who makes edits. That's very true. Very true. Uh, Jimmy Williams, our friend Jimmy, says, do you think UK is pushing harder for Chandler to come due to Quickly's remarkable progression this season? It may help with Paolo reclassifying. Um, no, I, I think that they're genuinely just pushing for Kennedy because they realize that Paolo wants to play with him. And that's probably going to be in 2021. I think Kennedy has has shut shut down reclass rumors as well, and you, I think the you know dream scenario to lock up Paolo would be to to get a top 15 guy in, in Kennedy Chandler, and you know have him be the um, you know top point guard option in, in 2021 with with Paolo as as the main front court guy. Is that something? Do you guys agree with that? I think early on UK may have beat around the bush a little bit, kind of putting, like, kick the tires, put out fillers out there uh, for uh, Kennedy's chances of reclassifying. But I think that got shot down pretty quickly, like you said. But I think that – I think UK definitely wants him as a point guard for 21. And I think that they'll do whatever it can, whatever it takes. Because, I mean, he's a, he's a good player in his own right. He's a great player. Uh, top point guard in 21. Um by rivals, and I believe twenty four seven as well. But they'll do anything they can to get to secure Paulo's services. And if that's the point guard he wants to play with, then that's the point guard they're going to go after. Completely agree, David. You you agree with that? 
I don't think that Kenny Chandler needs to take a back seat to anybody. I mean, he's a, a tremendous point guard. He's going to be one of the top in that class. And here was the thing that really just kind of caught my attention. It makes me think that Kentucky does have, you know, a, a good shot with him. John Calipari has paid him as much attention in the last few months as any recruit that he's going after. I mean, he has been into Memphis over and over, and it's not been assistant. It's been him. He's been in over and over. And also, he's uh, – I know he went to see him in Nashville uh, at, at, at CPA in the Christmas tournament there. So, um, you know, he – I'm going to say, if, if they don't have a shot, he's wasted a lot of time. And um, so I, I think that – they obviously, you know, for anybody that says that they're not in the lead pack or up toward the front, I think John Calipari might know something that they don't. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, let's see. Ronnie Owens, do we have any big men at all that will come here? <laughs> I I like the I like the uh, the the bluntness of that question because yes, I do think that it's it's reasonable to get frustrated at the lack of big men that uh, that Kentucky's been able to sign. Um, here's one thing that we haven't talked about that I think is going to be pretty darn massive uh, here in the next couple months, and that's the NCAA's proposal um, for a one year immediate transfer type type thing. I don't know the exact wording of it, but it would basically allow anybody in college basketball and football and baseball, you know, all of the all the major sports to transfer with no restrictions at any given point for one time. You get one time and then after that I think it's a uh, it'd be a it, it'd be a massive hurdle to to overcome. It's basically a way to get rid of the the you have to sit out a year um type deal whenever you you transfer right now unless you go down a go down a rank and then back up or go juco or, or whatever the whatever the situation is the the point is to give give college athletes a, an opportunity for you know immediate flexibility but kind of limit it to a one-time thing so so you don't see you know constant shifting back and forth between the same same players so so players aren't transferring year after year uh, they kind of do it if okay if you're going to transfer you got to get it over with and, and do it now that is going to be massive for Kentucky basketball because and and, and I believe it's it's going to be set for the 2020-2021 class so it would be for next year um, and if that's the case I mean that could open the door for literally anybody in college basketball to come to to come to Kentucky and play immediately. So if Kentucky strikes out elsewhere, and you know everybody's talking about the grad transfer market, they wouldn't even have to go after a grad transfer. They could go after literally the best center in college basketball if they wanted to, and get him to play immediately next year if this thing goes through. So, I mean, it, I mean, if we get to that point, it would literally be K Kentucky saying, "Hey." We need a starting center next year to be the leader of this team. Give us a call if you're interested. And you know, if if a player's playing at a you know a you know not a still a, a a major school, but wants a different change of scenery, or if he's just wanting to play for a blue blood program like that, like I mean, it opens the door for Kentucky to get 
anybody. And that is, you know, I think that's going to be something John Calipari has to monitor. I mean, that that's going to be that's going to be massive. Um, do you guys think that's going to be a um, Cal Perry's kind of weighing that in and how he, he how he's closing out this this class of 2020 uh, you know just in case that opportunity uh, uh, pre- presents itself well like David said um I don't know how John Cal Perry like, John, like David said John Cal Perry is a super smart dude super super smart I don't think he would know any information on this situation that wasn't readily accessible to other writers uh behind the scenes people in college basketball uh NCAA themselves or other coaches I don't think uh, Cal Perry's waiting on that because that would he's taking a lot he would be taking a lot of chances with that. Me myself, I don't like the rule at all. Well, I, I first off, let me say that they need to do something to give college athletes more rights because you get this wild wild west of assistant coaches and head coaches changing jobs each year, and there's no repercussions for them doing it. But in and the players have to sit out whenever they transfer. But it's going to be awful for certain schools it's going to be awesome for schools like Kentucky and basketball and it's just like when we're talking about the uh name image likeness stuff it's going to be awesome for teams like Kentucky and basketball and places like Clemson and Alabama football Mm -hmm. and like because last like Lynn Bowden in football who says who's to say that he wouldn't go on a bigger stage somewhere else play wide receiver for Trevor Lawrence yeah and or uh Tua or somebody like that and I think that let's say Illinois this year is wanting to feel around Kofi Cockburn and uh, they really see a bright future with him manning the middle. And the UK just come this past the UK is like, Hey, you want to come play for the uh, number one team in the country next year? He's like, Oh hell yeah. I just think it's, I just don't think it's fair to some teams, but they're, you're never gonna make everybody happy if you're, if you're the NCAA because the players, like I said, do need something else. Uh, need more stuff handed to them like coaches get, but it's it's going to make a lot of things. There's going to be a lot of gray area in a, in a lot of places. Yeah, I I completely agree. Um, let's go through and kind of rapid rapid fire. Where we said this would be a short one, and then it ended up being, turning into a long long one as usual. So let's uh, run through real quickly. Um, Justin Tucker asked, if Imani had to go to college, is he a wildcat? Travis, you already responded to him on Twitter uh, with a Spartan, and I agree with that. I think if he goes to college, I think they've done a, uh, a tremendous job kind of getting, you know, making sure he's a priority, even though the the NBA rumors are out there with potential one and done being, being over. Uh, if he goes to college, I would put my money on Michigan State right now. Um, the transaction says IQ leave or stay. Also saw BJ Boston made finals for Player of the Year. Does he live up to the hype? Uh, I we already talked about IQ. I think that he leaves and BJ Boston. We've said in the past that we definitely think he lives up to the hype. Um, I think that he's going to be a tremendous, tremendous college college player. He's a you know born scorer. He's gonna he's gonna be able to put up put up a ton of points next year. Kentucky Kentucky fans are gonna love him. Um, McElroy, Cullen McElroy says, is grad transfer the most likely place to look for can, any more additions to the roster? We kind of said that, yes, potentially. Um, they There are a couple of reclass candidates that they're still looking at, uh, or this big transfer rule is going to be massive. That's going to be one that will definitely affect it. Let's go through. Um, is there any chance Richards comes back to Kentucky for a senior season? I'm going to go ahead and say no. Do you guys think there's any chance that, that – 
Richards returns just just for the hell of it. Hey, let me ask you a question. Well, first of all, first of all, no. What's your answer to that one, David? Now I got a rebuttal question. Uh, my answer is no. But like I said, I do think EJ. I'm starting to lean toward EJ coming back. All right, let me ask you this: If you had to pick one of three players to return or to be on Kentucky's roster next year, which one are you picking? Senior Nick Richards, Jonathan Kaminga, or Paulo Bancara? Oh my and gosh! You and you can't get any. You can't get any of them on any other. Uh, you can't get uh, Kaminga or Paulo in twenty-one. Uh, oddly enough, I think I'm going Paulo because of because he's a guarantee. I think he is the highest. I mean, just because Nick, I mean, I, I think Nick is going to the NBA no matter what. So I'm already kind of penciling him out of the equation. So as, as great as it'd be for him to return, uh, I'm just kind of assuming that he's already gone. And so in terms of just the realistic possibilities, I think Paolo has the highest floor out of him and, and Kaminga. Um, I think Kaminga will end up being the better player, but I think as a college athlete, I think Paolo could be one of the best best players in college basketball when he plays. I am that high on his game. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to go Paolo. What do you think, David? I would go with Nick, and, and here's the Thanks. reason. Because of need, uh, I, I still don't know that Kaminga's a post. And if you give me a senior – Nick Richards and a freshman, uh, Paulo Benchero. I'm, I'm going with the senior Nick at all times. Just think about how much better he could be. But I'll throw one more in. I, I was going to comment on it while ago. But, you know, uh, you talk about the transfer rule. I, I, I could see EJ coming back. Maybe they could add more, one more high school player. I believe if, you know, they let players automatically transfer. I think you could be looking at two post-transfers for Kentucky, whether it be two transfers, transfers, a transfer, and a grad transfer. I could see it going that route. But I'm going to tell you this. I've got a man crush on Luca Garza in Iowa, and if they could get somebody like that, I'll do uh, the Sources Say, instead of Sources Say podcast, uh, we'll go on and, and do a sources say a, a video a periscope and and I'll do it in the nude and turn cartwheels if I could get somebody like that. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Um okay, let's um I can't believe you guys are not grossed out. <laughs> no, no, I I I think that's very reasonable. I don't think there's a problem with that at all. Um <laughs> okay, well okay, well we are very much over on time, so let's let's just skip ahead um, real quickly. I need to know from both of you guys: Is Kentucky a national championship contender this season? Do you have do you have faith in the in Kentucky uh, making a championship run? And uh, I, I need a reason why from both of you. As of right now, I think I mean they're a contender. Of course, I think any top twenty five team in the country is a contender this year. Um, no superstar team whatsoever it's all going to depend on draw and who gets hot at the right time but i think i need two things to happen for uk to win the championship and i i don't see either of them being a guarantee to happen right now i think ashton Higgins has to play as a top five point guard in the country hell i'll even give him like i'll, I'll say top 10 12 point guard in the country for a six game period with no lapses uh no bad games and i think Tyrese Maxey has to find his shot from the outside. He's hitting twos at a high rate right now in different ways, but I think he's got to be a consistent outside shooter for UK to make it all the way. David? Yes, I would say yes, because now 
I'll, I'll clarify and say this. I think that they've got to play to the ceiling to do that. I, I'm just not going to say, well, they go in what they've got now, play like they're playing now. But this is a team that's getting better. The thing that impresses me, they went on the road and beat a good LSU team. And we knew what LSU was going to do, and LSU played that way. They pounded the glass. They out-rebounded Kentucky – uh, by by 16, I think it was. They had 23 offensive rebounds. They got to the foul line 24 times. I mean, they went on the road and played LSU, and I don't think LSU fans could look at that game and say they played poorly. I don't think that, you know, you could in your right mind say that. And Kentucky went and beat a good team who played a good game and, uh, on the road. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I like where they're at. I think they're having different players step up. Richards is playing well, but then, you know, Juzang steps up and Sestina steps up. They're having role players, you know, kind of do that. So if they can, you know, it's a team, I think it guards pretty well. And, you know, if everybody's clicking, then you've got an inside game. You've got, you can make outside shots. Now, there is a weakness in a forward, but, you know, EJ Montgomery could step up and do that, you know. But like I said, everybody's got to play well. But I think if they do that and everybody improves, uh, yeah, it's just like Travis said, there's no super teams out there. So I'm not seeing anybody that's playing any better. You know, now, now Kansas is a different animal than what they've got inside. But, um, you know, you, you get down the lead eight, final four, anything could happen. It's going to depend on the draw and things like that. But I, I, I see no reason why they can't. Yeah, I I completely agree. I'm I'm in David's camp for sure. In fact, I wrote a post on KSR, I believe it was yesterday, where I kind of broke down five reasons why I think Kentucky's a, a title contender. But the one that that really separates it for me is the fact is free throw shooting. When you take out Khalil Whitney's free throw shooting numbers, I believe the team's shooting eighty percent as a team, which would lead uh, all of college basketball. In can in John Calipari's eight elimination games at Kentucky when they have lost in the tournament. Um, only two times have have the Wildcats shot greater than 65% from the line. Um, And I think over the last three years in particular, they've lost shooting less than 63% 63 from the line overall. Um, I just think that level of consistency and and when you could have that that level of comfort to to finish strong at the end of games from the free throw line, I think that's just going to pay off in a massive, massive way. Um, I think when you when you look at the consistency of Nick Richards and and, and Emmanuel quickly, it reminds me of what we we got out of Tyler Hero and, and PJ Washington last year. And I I thought going into the tournament last year that that Kentucky was 100% a title contender, and and, and they were I mean they were one bo- you know one bounce away from from being in the Final Four. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely think this is a team capable of of making a run, and uh, uh, I'm excited for these last five games in the regular season before we get we get the chance to see if that come you know turns into reality. Um, well, I give you reasons too why it couldn't work, and I think we all could. Lack of depth. If they get in foul trouble, uh, then we've got some problems. Um, if they have games where they're not making the outside shot, but. Like I said, for each reason somebody could give me why they, they wouldn't get there and why they couldn't win it, I can go back and give you another reason uh, why, why they can make a run at it. Yeah, 
and uh, we I think um, because we we weren't able to go too much in depth on this team, um, I have the podcast equipment. So if you guys want to want to throw on the headsets uh, here in the next couple days and and give a part two of this episode, by all means, just let me know. We'll we'll be able to make that happen. Uh, but with that, we will we'll end it there. Um, uh, Travis, where where can fans find your work? You can find me on Twitter at Trav underscore Graf. You can find my work alongside David's at Cats Illustrated on the uh, Rivals Network. Come join the House of Blue community. It's a, it's a fun time over there interacting with all the fans. And uh, you can find my other podcast, the Cat Scan Podcast, spelled with a K, on any podcast outlet. And it's on Twitter at Cat Scan Pod, also spelled with a K. And David. Travis is getting more airtime right now with Michael Bloomberg. But, uh, <laughs> But um, uh, Coach David Sisk on Twitter uh, and also at Cats Illustrated. I will have an article coming up tomorrow. Uh, Rivals is ranking the top 100 high school players regardless of class. They went uh, 20 per day starting Monday. So they've got uh, one through 20 coming out tomorrow. And as soon as that's released, I will have – a story basically where each player who Kentucky has offered and who they uh, who has signed with them and who they've not offered, but they're recruiting each one on where they were ranked from one to hundred. I can tell you this: there's already several of them on the list. Well, very cool. Um, you can find me at Jack Pilgrim KSR or reach out to me via email, uh, jpilgrim at kentuckysportsradio.com. We will be back next week or in, here in the next couple days. We might surprise you uh, for another Jam Pack Source to Say podcast. We will see you then. Yeah.